Welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm super excited. I have a great show today for you guys. I want to ask you guys a question. I just want to dive right into it. What are you hindering God from doing in your life? This is a question that uh, popped in my heart this morning as I was praying um, reading through the scriptures, um, I believe it is God inspired. And so I want to share with you guys, and I want you to ask yourself, what am I hindering God from doing in my life? And as this question dropped in my spirit this morning, I just begin to think about different times in scripture where God warned someone or warned a people not to do something or instructed them to do something and that in the people or a person disobeyed God and chose their way. <clears throat> and one of the things that I've learned is whenever God instructs us to do something or leads us to do something, it's for our benefit. It's for our good. But a lot of times I find that a lot of times we get in the way of God. We get in the way of our own progress and what the Lord <clears throat> is striving to do in our lives and in us. And so I want you guys to ask yourself, what am I hindering God from doing in my life? Even when I think about the children of Israel as they were in the wilderness they were in the wilderness for 40 years. When in actuality, what took them 40 years was actually an 11 day journey. And so I want you to ask yourself, what am I hindering God from doing in my life? Really think about that. What are you hindering God from doing in your life? What, what miracles are you hindering? What healing that needs to take place are you hindering? Are you sabotaging your peace? Are you sabotaging joy? Are you hindering the wisdom and direction of the Lord? I know it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a thought provoking question because a lot of times we 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 want to automatically make the devil it make make it the devil's fault. Oh, it's the devil's fault. <clears throat> but a lot of times it is our disobedience and our resistance towards the things of God that gives the devil license to wreak havoc in our lives. And so what are you hindering God from doing in your life? And so I want to I want you guys to take a look at something really quick in Mark chapter six. We're going to read from verse one through six. And man, when I tell you this really blessed me this morning, um, I want to take a look at M Mark chapter six. Let me pull it up. Let me get my screen together. And we're going to read from the ESV version. 
just bear with me. Mark chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 1 through verse 6. And I'm reading from the ESV version for those who are watching on, who are going to watch on Facebook or are watching on YouTube. Um, when we look at Mark chapter 6, um, this is Jesus in his hometown. And a lot of times, one of the things that about this particular passage of scripture that kind of is a pet peeve of mine is when people always compare, use the scriptures to compare themselves to Jesus. Let me be clear. None of us are Jesus. And this is the passage of scripture where we often where, where people quote a prophet is without honor in his own town. And a lot of times we use that to, I've heard preachers use that as a way to teach about your haters and people trying to hold you back and your haters. Well, listen, though there may, though some of us may have people who um, are, are quote unquote haters or whatever the case may be, you are not Jesus. I am not Jesus. And, and I don't want to use this story to talk about your haters. <laughs> I, I want to talk about you and, and, and me and how we can how we can be the biggest hindrance to God's plan and purpose in our lives. And so when we look at Mark chapter six, we're going to start at verse one. It says he went away from there and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? Jesus was spitting. <laughs> He's spitting. No, what is the what is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? So get this. They're, they're witnessing the, the power of God. They're witnessing the Son of God work miracles, speak wisdom. And this is what they go say in verse 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? Now, this is his hometown. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James? Joseph and Judas and Simon and are not his sisters here with us and they took offense at him so when they saw Jesus doing all of these miraculous signs and wonders and speaking with the wisdom of God the Bible says they took offense at that they were offended Verse four, and Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. Verse five, and he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Y'all catch that? 
Look at verse five. It says, and he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. Now, we know, of course, God can do anything. And that's true. God can do whatever he wants. He's sovereign. But there is one thing that God cannot do. And that is lie. And so when we look at the scripture, a lot of people look at Mark chapter six and say, oh, it didn't really mean that he couldn't do miracles. He could have did miracles and did if he wanted to. What well, the Bible lets us know right after it says in verse five, he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So he did perform miracles and heal people. But there was a hindrance towards other people. And the Bible lets us know, um, when, to my point of God can do anything but lie, the Bible says that he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And so when we look at verse six, it says, and he marveled because of their unbelief. And so the Bible is letting us know that God was not able to do what he desired to do in some of their lives because of their unbelief, which was rooted in pride. How do we know it was rooted in pride? Because when we look at verse three, it says, and they took offense at him. They took offense at him. They saw his miracles. They saw what he was doing for others. They heard the word of the Lord. They heard the wisdom of God flowing. But yet it was their pride that hindered God from blessing them. And so I want to share something with you. Though we can see God's track record is perfect. A lot of times we're offended because God doesn't come in the form or way that we think he should. Hope and the prescribed way to healing doesn't look how we want it to. And so because of our offense, because of our pride, it, it, it's often pride that sets us back and robs us of God moving in our lives. He gives grace to the humble, James 4 and 6. He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Listen to me when I say this, and this is so important. God isn't going to override your pride to bless you. I'm going to say that again. God is not going to override our pride to bless us. 
This is why throughout the scriptures we see many times, humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself. God is not going to override our pride to bless us. We have to let the great physician who is Christ Jesus operate on us and trust that his way is better than our way. See, what I've learned is correction can be uncomfortable and painful at times. But the short-term discomfort helps us avoid the long-term consequences of sin and unbelief in our lives. His plan is always perfect and his thoughts toward you are of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. And so listen to me and hear me good when I say this. You don't have to be able to make sense of everything that's going on in your life. You just have to be willing to trust him with everything. See, that's where we mess up sometimes. We want to have answers for everything that's taking place in our life. We want to know how God is going to do something, when he's going to do it, how he's going to do it. And in, in, and in some cases, we try to tell God how we want him to do it. And it's similar to how they didn't, they rejected the son of God because he did not come in the package that they were expecting him to. He didn't come from the family that they wanted him to. He was performing the right miracles. He was saying the right things. But a lot of times it's our pride. And it's our pride that causes us to put God in a box. It's our pride that causes us to resist. We want the temporary pleasure that brings on long-term consequences while, re while, while rejecting God's healing, what he wants to bring to pass in our lives. This is why Hebrews 12 and 1 talks about laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. And so a lot of times we are, we are like the people, some of the people in his hometown who let pride get in the way of God's healing and blessings and miracles that he wants to put forth in our life. I'll tell you, I'll share a story with you guys. I was, <clears throat> um, every Monday, um, I pick up my boys from school and I remember this past weekend, as I was spending time with my boys, my, my youngest son, Ashton began to, uh, share how he wanted a black Panther toy. And so 
listening to the request of my son, I take pride in being able to bless my children. Um, and I don't take it for granted. So what I did was while he was in school or the day before uh, yesterday, I went on Amazon and I ordered him a Black Panther toy. And I didn't tell him. And my plan was to surprise it, it, it ended up coming in uh, while he was in school today. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to get to surprise him with this toy. And when I picked him up from school, you know, sometimes when I pick my boys up from school, sometimes they could be a little grumpy because they're tired and hungry. And so I begin to encourage him to be a good boy. Listen to me. Don't have an attitude. Don't don't be don't 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 talk back to me. You know, because my, my youngest, he could be a little feisty. <laughs> he could be a little firecracker. And so he did not understand that I was correcting him and, tr and, and striving for him to have good behavior because I wanted to bless him with this Black Panther toy that he had no idea that I bought for him. And once he started to listen to me and say, okay, daddy, while I was driving, okay, I'm going to stop talking back. I'm going to stop uh, crying or whining. I gave him a little glimpse. I said, oh, by the way, I have a toy, a surprise for you. I, I, I bought a toy for you. And he was like, oh, 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 he got so excited. And he was like, what toy? He's like, what toy? What toy? What toy? And in my mind, I'm like, man, I just want you to act good until I get home because I want to give you this toy. I don't want to withhold this blessing from you. But in order for you to get the blessing, I need you to obey me. I need you to listen to me. And it's so funny how different scenarios like this as, as it relates to my children and, and for anyone who has listened to the Path of Revelation podcast for any length of time. Like I, sometimes I share these type of stories because I believe God be using my children to convict me about how I respond to him sometimes and how he wants to uh, bless me and, and, and bring me to uh, a place of blessings. Um, but a lot of times it could be my pride or my unbelief that's getting in the way. And so he began to show me that as I was talking with my son. And so as I told him, he he began to say, Daddy, I want I want a Black Panther toy. I want a Black Panther toy. And as we passed the Walmart, <laughs> as we passed the Walmart, he's like, no, stop there. Stop there. You got to get my Black Panther toy. I was like, son, don't worry. Don't worry. He's like, no, no, stop. And he started his attitude and his, his little feisty attitude started to rise up again because I did not stop or go about it the way that he wanted me to. And he didn't know that it was already worked out. He wanted me to try to get something for him that I had already secured for him. And I know I'm talking about my son and a toy, but... This is how we do God sometimes. God has already secured victory for us. He's already, he, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And the reason 
why he is the author and the finisher of our faith is because he is the alpha and omega. He spoke and it was. He knew us before we were ever formed in our mother's wombs. He knew us and had a plan for us even before our, we were even a thought in the minds of our parents. He knew us. And so what my son didn't know was the plan was already written out. It was already accomplished. And, and, and sometimes we don't realize what we can't see begins to form, create a false reality for us because we don't see God moving. We think he's not moving because we don't see God operating. We don't think he's operating. And this is why the Bible says the just shall live by faith and not by sight because when we follow what we see, our, what we see, our emotions often take a hold of what we see. And when we allow our emotions to lead us, our emotions will, will a lot of times go against God's plan. Because sometimes what God has for us requires us to become uncomfortable. It, 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 there's correction involved. There's denying of self. For the sake of, of Christ and us being conformed to his image and his plan and his purpose. And so I begin to coach my son and say, listen, son, don't worry. It's all worked out. Don't worry. It's already taken care of. And when when he when when we got home, when he saw the toy. He just lit up. He like, oh, you got the black pen. He was surprised. He was he wasn't just amazed, but he was surprised. I got the Black Panther toy. But me, I knew I knew I was gonna get it for him. I wasn't surprised because I had already purchased. And in, in many ways, this is how we are with God. We're working for something. We're, 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 we want things that God has already provided in Christ. We, we look to other things for peace. We look to other things for joy. And because God isn't moving as fast as we want him to, we get impatient and we try to do things our way. And so what I want to encourage you guys today is to get out of God's way. Submit yourself to the Lord. And I, I want to read Hebrews 12 one more time because I think this is so important. And I think this is going to bless you guys. Hebrews 12, I'm going to leave you guys with this. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us 
looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. We need to let God perfect our faith. We need to let Jesus perfect our faith. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What is he doing? He's interceding on your behalf. God desires good for you. And, and, and don't allow yourself to be sabotaged. Don't allow yourself to sabotage God's blessings. And also, when you mess up, because none of us are sinless, none of us are perfect, we're pressing towards the mark. We, we are being perfected in him. There are times where you may make mistakes. There are times where you may fall short. You do not condemn yourself. For Romans 8 verse 1 lets us know, therefore, there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Listen, you don't even have the right to condemn yourself. I have to tackle that as well, because some of us continue in a cycle of despair and, and, and falling back into sin that God has pulled us out of going back to the vomit that God cleaned us up, up out of. Listen, don't condemn yourself. If you, if you fall short, get back up. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. All we have to do is repent and turn to him. And so, when you, when you, because some of us, and I, and I, I have to say this because sometimes some of us realize we are getting in our own way and, and, but we still continue in these cycles because of condemnation, guilt, self guilt. We beat ourselves up when God has already forgiven us. We're not forgiving ourselves. And you know what that is y'all? A lot of times that's self-righteousness. Self-righteousness because we feel that we have the right to hold on to what the blood has already covered. We feel we have the right to hold on to to what the Lord has said. Oh, it's already finished. We, we feel like we have the right to hold on to what Christ has already conquered on the cross. Listen to me. Get over yourself. He's you are forgiven. If you said, Lord, forgive me, and you meant it in your heart, wash me in your blood, fill me with your spirit. If you said that and meant it in your heart, you are forgiven. You are bought with a price. You don't have the right to condemn yourself. That's why I love 1 John chapter, um, John chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, for if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. God is greater than your heart. Some of us are our, our own worst enemy. And you need to know, stop it. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. And the correction of the Lord, the direction of the Lord, 
is only to bring you to a place of peace and contentment, strength, security, wholeness, joy that's only found in Jesus. And listen, there are people who are living for themselves and doing life, not serving Christ, and they're, and they're, they're enjoying themselves. They're living good. They're having fun. Listen, the Bible says the, 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 the pleasures of sin are but for a season. What I'm talking about is kingdom talk. What I'm talking about is everlasting. Don't beat yourself up. The Lord loves you and you are forgiven. When he was on the cross and he said, it is finished. He actually meant what he said. I take security that even on my best day, I'm still filthy before a holy God. And the reason why I take joy in that is because my salvation, my hope was secured by Jesus. The cross and his blood, what he did on the cross was enough. His blood is enough and his blood is still cleansing today. Well, just why won't you trust him? Trust in him. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your path. What is acknowledging him in all of my ways look like? Lord, I'm weak. Lord, I, I lack faith. God, I need faith. God, I need your strength. God, I'm not going to make it without you. I'm, I'm in a valley of despair. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling hopeless. Lord, I need you. Forgive me for every sin. Forgive me for all unrighteousness. Cleanse me. Purge me. Fill me with your spirit. It is acknowledging him, not just in the good times or in the good ways, but in the in the lowest of lows. This is why the Bible says, uh, Paul said, um, Jesus responded to Paul in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, I believe. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul responds, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities or in my weakness, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I'm here to tell you the power of Christ will rest on you. The Lord wants his power to rest on you. And this is a reality for us that trust in him. This is a reality for us who calls on the name of the Lord. And so I want you guys to be encouraged tonight. Read over these scriptures that I, I shared with you guys tonight, because some of us are like, man, I want God. Why can't I hear you speak? God, I want to hear God speak. Open your Bible. Open your Bible and pray for wisdom and understanding. Open the scriptures. Get in prayer 
The Bible says when, when you draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. Matthew 5 and 5, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The Lord is looking to fill you with righteousness. He's looking to fill you with himself. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I want you guys to be blessed. I wanted you guys, I just wanted to share this with you guys. Listen, make sure you go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Leave your prayer requests. Share this show with someone. I know it'll be a blessing for them. Listen, I got some awesome things on the works on the way. Uh, VC, I saw your email. Um, people have already been asking for me to get my wife back on the show. So I got something in the works. Um, God willing, you guys are going to start seeing her more with me on the show. But I also got some other things in the work that I'm excited about sharing at a later date. But listen, thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Path of Revelation podcast. And this is where the culture meets scripture.